All right, team, favorite time of the week, the pre-show, as we get to gather around and talk a little bit of NFL, uh, you know, I guess bring the group chat to life, bring it on air and talk all of, all the things we uh, get away with during the week, all the banter. Now, the question I've got for you this week, it's a simple one, um, just your key takeaways from the preseason because, you know, there's been some ups, there's been some downs for quite a few fan bases, quite a few fans. Um, Laura, going to start with you. What's what's sort of your big takeaways from the preseason so far? I think my biggest takeaway from this preseason is that no one should be playing in this preseason. I mean, the amount of injuries that we've seen already come out, um, it's heartbreaking to see. And I reckon we were discussing earlier, I think Tom Brady's calling up Tampa and saying, stop it, stop it right here, play the guys, we're going to cut, we don't want another man out. Because what's been going on down there, there's something happening. Everyone's been going out, we were just saying there was another one today, and I think it's quite upsetting. But look, there is some exciting talent. Malik Willis, who was a guy that I backed hard on this show, came out, had a great game. Tennessee didn't get the dub, but, you know, he really showed that he has the moves and he has what it takes, and I'm excited to see how he'll progress. So a few little stars coming out, but I just think the biggest thing, you know, these boys need to play safe and make it to the regular season. Yeah, I think, you know, my key takeaways is just be mindful of the the mind games that are getting played by a lot of the coaches. I think it's really difficult. Like, you know, a, a few only a few years ago, I felt like there was a lot more consistency in the way in which teams structured their preseason, you know, the sort of, um, you know, obviously the backups and, you know, you would get you know, a, a certain period of, of, of playing time for your starters. And it was quite consistent across the competition. And then the LA Rams are just like, no, you know what? We're, we're not, we're not, we're going to try and even uh, rest some of our backups, you know, and um, obviously that, that turned out, um, you know, pretty well for them. So yeah, look, you know, results are all over the place, but I, I guess my key takeaways are, you know, often in, in every game we're kind of looking at, there is that one player that has a bit of a, excuse me, a bit of a flash. Um, there's a player from the Dallas Cowboys that we'll talk a little bit later where, you know, I know we've been a little bit down on Dallas throughout the offseason, but, you know, there was just a couple of bright sparks there. So Dallas Cowboys, I think you found yourself a pretty good, uh, well, punt returner and hopefully you can do a little bit more on offense as well. Riley, what about yourself? Um, yeah, a little bit of a check-in uh, in terms of your preseason watching and what you found so far. I I love preseason um, in the sense that it's uh, it gives the like underdogs kind of like their time to shine. Um, I know it does like provide a lot of injuries, and you're not going to see many starters and stuff like that. But um, this is the chance for uh, those that either weren't exactly like the stellar start uh, standouts from college or they're the international pathway players. Like this is where they get to really step up, have their go against, you know, real big time players. Um, and I think it's really interesting because then this is where like random names start to shine and, you know, all the hype goes from one team to the next. And if you even remotely think that, preseason is any determination of what's going to happen in the regular season then that's just dumb because again you're playing your C grade players with your B grade players in schemes that you thought might have worked in the in training camp um and it and I think it's a big help too for coaches so you've got to think like there's a lot of coaches who've never had the opportunity to call plays and stuff like that so now they're doing it in a scenario where if they lose, they lose. It's not really going to mess it up like the 
like the end of the year sort of thing. So they're even giving. They're even giving Kyler Murray uh, a, a little bit of a chance at calling plays, just so you know he, uh, you know, can give his um, coach a little bit, you know, less of a hard time this year. I think was kind of the mind games behind all of that. Uh, Lara, what about yourself? It definitely wets the wets the appetite, doesn't it? You know, football's finally here. We get to watch a few of our games, and there there is some um, pretty impressive moments throughout the preseason. But uh, yeah, what's your takeaway so far? Yeah, I'm really with Riley. I think that. Um, I love watching bits and pieces of the preseason. It's pretty hard to watch a full four quarters, but I absolutely agree. If you think preseason is any indication <laughs> as to where your team is for the rest of the season, uh, you're barking up the wrong tree. That is definitely not what's going to happen. What is happening? Um, but I really, I really appreciate uh, some of the smaller things. Like, can a team execute plays without getting heaps of penalties? I think that is really important. Can you see any form of uh, pass protection, run blocking out of the offensive line? Can you see who's flashing? Yes, maybe it's rookies against B and C, you know, second and third team players. But then you you do get to see some really interesting um, battles that you've heard about going on in camps sort of play out a little bit on the field. So that's what I really love. I love that about preseason. Um, and, you know, it's interesting to see, like, new kids on the block. Like, Trey Lance had, what, five plays in the first preseason game? And it's like, oh, let's all talk about Trey Lance. It's like, you know, we have no time. You have no, we have no idea what Trey Lance is going to be this year yet. Um, but <laughs> it's kind of exciting to, to see those things play out. And uh, for me, it's a chance to get, behind all of the underdogs like I shouldn't be excited and thrilled about the Texans because they're in my conference but I am I want to see what Lovey Smith is doing I want to see that new running back I think his name's Damian Pierce I want to see what Dave <coughs> Davis Mills is going to be like this year um, so preseason gets me very excited for all the teams that will inevitably <sighs> probably fail but it's a time for me to be thrilled and excited by teams that nobody has any hope for <laughs> after about week four yeah I, I feel like you know I, as a Patriots fan I can kind of relate we had our Super Bowl we won our preseason game so there we there we have it but no you're right look the season's never been longer um in, injuries kind of happen so halfway through the schedule when there's a random player pop up um chances are you got to watch them um you know throughout the preseason so yeah no, it's been interesting but again we're getting closer to the real thing to the regular season cannot wait all right team well, let's dive into our first segment for tonight the huddle leave no regrets out there that is what a real champion is made of and for the philadelphia eagles the long drought is over how about those trees a touchdown and a title for the patriots i can't believe it they have completed the greatest comeback in super bowl history those will be the best memories all right, team, no time to waste. Let's dive into the huddle. Uh, each and every week we get to focus in on a particular team, and this week it is the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, bit of an honesty session. Uh, what The f- first question I've got for the entire panel, did anyone predict what we saw last year? Now, I'm, I'm seeing some very vacant, blank looks staring back at me. I mean, Riley, I'll give you first crack at this. Talk to me about it because – it kind of changed the way that we've thought about building a roster and, you know, you know, some of these quarterbacks, they're coming in, 
you know, they're doing 10, 15 years of quarterback camps. It, it's it's really changing the game. But did we really think that one player could really come in and make such a huge difference? I mean, anyway, I'll let you talk a little bit about this. Talk to me about the Cincinnati Bengals because what they did last year, incredible, unprecedented. Um, well, I'm a big Bengals fan. Um, that's because I'm an LSU fan. So I big supporter of him of Joe Burrow going to the Bengals. Um, I was already a Joe Mixon fan that came from drafting him in fantasy. Um, and I remember sitting at work in last year's draft and I had the ticker on my screen and it was Bengals time and I was messaging my mate and I was like, if the Bengals don't take Jamar Chase right now, like I'm going to throw my computer out the window because – the quarterback to wide receiver connection, like once you have that, it's so much easier to gel. And everyone was going on about, oh, Burrow can't throw if he doesn't have an O-line to protect him and all this. But the Bengals had already gone out and made some preseason like moves and and they sort of protected him a little bit. And then they drafted Chase and I was literally like so excited for somebody who's not the actual fan of the team just because I couldn't wait to see them on the field. And then it was better than I think anybody could have imagined. Like Chase came in, he's broken records for Bengals. You know, he's his nickname the Chosen One. Like he came out and did exactly what he did at LSU, even though he took a year off and absolutely destroyed. Like it was great. Laura, I guess you know the thing is, is it wasn't luck though. I mean. They were very, very close to, to defeating the Rams in the Super Bowl. I mean, we could be talking about the Super Bowl champions here. Again, I, 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 know, I know we've just spoken about it in terms of how surprising it is, but I'd love your take on it as well because, you know, typically you see teams that are there or thereabouts, they get a couple more pieces and then they're, you know, they're able to sort of make that run. But the Bengals came from absolutely nowhere. And, uh, yeah, we'd love to hear your take as well as what your expectations are for them this year as well. Yeah, and I think they actually, I can't get, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure they did set a record for a team with one of the greatest turnarounds in NFL history with this preseason, with their season record coming into 21 to then make it to the Super Bowl with the success that they had. But I think it actually comes down to Joe Burrow. I think Joe Burrow in that draft said, look, I know what you guys want to do for me. I know you guys want to protect me and bring Penny in, but... This guy, you've got to trust me. You've got to take a leap. I don't think there's any other way Jamar Chase would have been drafted where he was if it wasn't for Joe Burrow backing him. And look what we've seen ever since there. You know, we saw Jalen Waddle go to Miami. It sort of started, everything started to follow suit. I, you know, to me, this team reminded me of the 90s Bills. And that's what I think we could start to expect. We can see this team, they might not have all of the pieces to get them to a Super Bowl win, but I reckon we could definitely see them in another Super Bowl and maybe even be in a position where they're at that level repeatedly. I think, you know, the biggest problem that Cincinnati has is their offensive line. It's a massive problem. It's actually an epidemic in the, throughout the entire NFL, really. We've seen it in Seattle. We've seen it in so many places. We've seen it with Brady even. But the biggest thing they need to do, and I don't know if there's the talent around that they can get to bolster that, especially over these next two seasons. I think it is going to be a long game that they're going to have to play. I think Joe Burrow is the man. I think you've seen him in his pre-game and post-game fits. You've seen him in his interviews. You've seen him with his cigars. The boy's got class. He's loved. 
he's respected, but he's got an arm and he's got the talent. So as long as, you know, Cincinnati needs to spend the money, nobody have to find the talent wherever they can get it from. They need to do what they can to protect this quarterback. And I think if that's the case, then we'll see well, definitely a Super Bowl in Cincinnati. I think speaking of talent, I think one of the biggest moves they made was to get that kicker last year. Yes. Um, the way that he absolutely owned the field, like he did not miss at all. And, uh, you know, I guess for kickers, everything is about confidence. If you are riding high, then you're going to be accurate uh, as anything. And this kid just seems to be so, so confident. And some of the kicks that he made in the back end of the season, I think that really, really helped them out as well. So Is that McFer- uh, McPherson? Yes, yeah, yeah. Evan. I don't know about you guys, but I was cringing watching Evan McPherson, watching this persona. And maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's like Beyonce is Sasha Fierce. He has this persona <laughs> and when he comes into it, he puts on the show of a lifetime. But I was cringing like, oh, he's going to miss it now. He's going to miss it. He's on too much of a streak. But he didn't. And who the heck would have thought of drafting a kicker? We might see a change starting to come. A few yeah. teams maybe starting I think to follow he, he was out watching the Super Bowl halftime show instead of being in the locker room. That's how cocky he is. I don't think it's a show because I think the owner was like, uh, mate, what are you doing? Well, it didn't uh, pay off, did it? No, I really wanted to see the show. <laughs> um, so I just, I think he, I think he has excellent skills. I mean, he's not going to take over um Justin Tucker yet just yet but I I think I think he's number two in the league yeah and and it's all part of like changing the brand of the Bengals as well you know because what do we think about them we we thought they were you know they were a disaster you know their stadium's not exactly great their owner bit of a penny pincher as well doesn't like to go out and spend money we're slowly seeing the brand change for the Bengals and I think that that's um that's pretty cool as well you know taking your points on on the offensive line we've got my mate Ted Karras who comes from the New England Patriots obviously being in that system makes him a brilliant center there Alex Kappa from um, the Bucks Lyle Collins from the Cowboys that's all well and good but I take your point that there's no depth as well these guys weren't out and out stars for their football team. So yeah, it is it is a little bit of patchwork um, when it comes to that side of it. Um, Riley, let's talk a little bit about their draft because, you know, you're not going to make everyone particularly happy when it comes to this, but they went safety and cornerback in rounds one and two. Yeah, well, you know, let, let's start to have a look at some of the other areas of this roster and your expectations. So, yeah, let's talk a little bit of defense. Um, safety cornerback in, in rounds one and two for the Bengals. What, what, are, what are your thoughts on those picks? I think the the Bengals kind of were in a lot of like shootouts, um, and I mean they only had to show in the um, Kansas City playoff game where they were just going backwards and forwards, and there was big blows by defensive backs left, right, and center. Um, and I think again they're going to come up against a lot of teams that not necessarily. Uh, they're not just going to have to score a couple of touchdowns. They're going to be having to score multiple, um, like, 20 or 30-point games kind of thing each and every week, especially going up against the Ravens and um, the Cowboys this season. So going DB, like, I understand where they're sort of thinking about. Um, You know, three DBs, and they only had about six picks, so... They obviously have noticed something that they really want to target. Um, I don't know a lot about their their DBs that they did take. Um, Daxon coming from Michigan, he 
obviously comes from a big school, um, so he's got the experience to play with some big name players. Um, but I don't know. I didn't. They, they didn't really like their draft. Didn't really do much for me in the sense that you know, making it to the Super Bowl, you're always going to have that late round pick. So it's kind of like not a nothing pick, but they're not they're not the big stars that you kind of expect them to be. Yeah, look, they've definitely tried to, um, you know, invest in the defense to try and sort of be a little bit more competitive. Um, you know, when you've got Joe Burrow, when you've got Jamar Chase, you know, when you've got a little bit of a running game there with Joe Mixon and others, um, you know, T Higgins, you know, I, I think on in terms of weapons, they're looking pretty good. And now it's about trying to, to lift that other side, you know, and they do have some standout players there. Sam Hubbard, uh, one of my more favorite players, Trey Hendrickson, we've seen him perform as well. So, um, yeah, it's about sort of balancing this team out as you know, the rest of the league goes nuclear, though, when it comes to these weapons. So as impressive as Cincinnati is, they're in a pretty good position. Joe's going to have to be better this year, and it's just hard to compute if that's even possible. But first world problems for the Bengals, who find themselves a 10- to 15-year franchise quarterback. Um, yeah, it's uh, yeah. What, what a time to be a Bengals fan, that's for sure. All right, team. Well, look, no sitting on the fence. Uh, it's time for our predictions when it comes to the record. Um, Laura, I'm going to start with you. Where did the Bengals finish um, heading into this one? I don't know. I think they've, you know, tried to put some Band-Aids on, but they didn't get the tough strips, just the little plastic ones that fall off after after a couple of uses. But um, the biggest problem for Cincinnati is 70 sacks on Joe Burrow last year. I don't see it being improved by much. Um, I'm going to have to put them at 11. Uh, you stole my number two. I just, you know, looking at their record last year, I, I want to get excited. I want to bump them up, but again, the AFC, it's, I just, I just know what they're running into. Um, Joe, Joe's going to be in some pretty big shootouts again, in my opinion. So, um, yeah, look, I feel comfortable with that. I'm going to go with 11 wins as well. Um, Lara, what about yourself? What's your, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I think 11's pretty on the money. Um, I feel like their schedule isn't really too tricky. Um, maybe that's me being <clears throat> slightly naive, but they play Steelers, Cowboys, Bengals, Dolphins, right? and then uh, there's Falcons, Browns, Panthers. There's a lot of wins there. Potentially, potentially. But then, you know, I just don't think their offensive line is going to stand up. But again, like we've been saying, Jabara is fantastic. Yeah, I'll see at 11. All right. Uh, Riley, what about yourself? You know, you've got a pretty consistent, um, you know, projections coming on this side. I, I guess, you know, there isn't a lot of depth in a lot of these positions as well. And, again, you're certainly not talking to a lot of true believers when it comes to, you know, this remarkable uh, specimen that uh, social media would have you believe. But, yeah, Joe Burrow, incredible. Um, Jamar Chase, pretty special. But what does it mean for their record? What, what's, what's your thoughts? Just because... I like to be different. I'm going to say 12 wins. <laughs> there we go. Um, I reckon, I think they've got a really easy schedule. Like you've got, they're in the AFC North, which is, um, you know, the Steelers, the Ravens and the Browns. The Browns don't know what they're doing. The Steelers don't know what they're doing. I don't rate the Ravens. So I'm going, they've got five or six wins just there. I'm expecting from looking at their schedule, I reckon they're going to go like nine or 10 wins in the first 12 weeks. Um, and I'm expecting them to still come out firing. 
You know, if you can't protect Joe, get the ball out quicker. You know, expect a lot of shorter routes. You know, um, Chase came out and showed what he could do with catch after the ball, uh, catch after pass. So, you know, just get the ball out of Burrow's hands. You only have to, you know, the big thing we always say, we usually want a running back to get three yards. You get three yards every down, you're getting a first down. All they have to do is move the sticks. If he just gets the ball out, if Mixon comes back, and plays the way that he should play, they're going to, I hope, steamroll. Yeah, look, it's going to be one to watch. And I think, you know, is this team, you know, an Atlanta Falcons who just had their big flash year, or are they, you know, a Kansas City who are going to be there or thereabouts each and every year and, and be a little bit of a contender? You know, that's what we're going to find out pretty quickly. But I agree that at the start of that schedule, anyway, I think we're all going to be feeling pretty nervous um, after the first couple of months of football, but um, certainly one we'll uh, keep an eye on. All right, team, let's dive into the match. The most anticipated match in history, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Let's get ready to rumble! All right, team, it feels like we're going back into the past to talk about tonight's matchup, but one that is weird, indifferent, but here we are. The year is 2022. Geno Smith. Coming up against Jacoby Brissett, yes, you've you've heard that correct, um, Laura. Won't, well, I won't take up too much of your space here. I'm just going to hand the mic straight over to you to talk about Gino, the Seattle Seahawks. It looks, you know, Gino got a little bit of a hit on the knee. There's ice. There's concerns. Drew Locke may still sort of compete, but at the end of the day, Gino Smith is a, you know, he, he potentially is the answer there for Seattle at least in season 2022. Talk to me about Gino. Um, everything you know about him. Love, hate, dislike. Let's talk all things Gino. Yeah, look, Gino is most likely going to be our guy this year. I said to you before, and I'll repeat it again, even though it's probably a bit offensive. I, I think Drew Locke got a case of the scaredy cats, and that was why he didn't play the other day. You know, I um, he got the call, and then I think it was 23 minutes later, Bleacher Report notified me that, that he was out. But, um, you know, Gino... It was great to see Gino come out last year. When Russell went out, you know, there was a lot of hype. There was a lot of excitement around Gino. And I personally thought that he would definitely perform during that time. What we saw with Gino was consistency issues, was accuracy issues. He underthrows the ball. He likes to go for these moon passes. And when you put them up in the air, the arc, you look like you're getting another Russell Wilson. You look like you're getting those amazing moon balls, as we love to call them in, in, in Seattle. But they just fall short. And, you know, a lot of blame, I think, this preseason with some of the balls that he has put in the air has gone on the receiver on these, and not having the connection in the history. But I think Gino does have to take a bit of the blame for that, and it's an issue that we've seen last season and that we've seen in seasons past as well. I think we've got another guy that just doesn't have the grit, doesn't have the ability to take Seattle to where they need to be. Gino can definitely come in. He won't be the worst quarterback in the league but he's not going to do anything amazing and he's not going to put Seattle in the game in a position to win games. This is obviously a tanking season for us, which we've discussed, you know, it doesn't make sense for Jimmy to come in at this point, looking at the landscape, looking at how everything, all the chips are starting to fall. You know, I was a fan of Baker coming. I thought that would be, would be a good thing for Seattle, but that hasn't happened. I've moved on. Um, And with Matt Corral out, I think he's, you know, most likely going to get that shot now almost uncontested. But I think what Seattle's got with Gino is they've just got a placeholder, really. 
he'll start. We might see, you know, a few Drew Lock games in there sporadically if he gets the confidence and stops feeling a bit nauseous at the side of a football. Um, but <laughs> it's going to look. It is going to be interesting. Look, I'm a bit of a pedigree snob. I'm, I'm going to say, you know, obviously Gino, um, you know, six foot three, hundred kilos. He's athletic. He's got an arm. Um, you know, he was uh, second round pick in 2013, pick number 39. You know, he's obviously been, uh, you know, spent a fair bit of time in New York uh, for the Jets, Giants, uh, then Chargers, and, you know, has been, for for as long as, um, you know, we've kind of been following him closely, being considered that backup. He's a good backup. Um, but just, you know, when you, when you take a step back and you think about, can this guy get through an entire regular season, even from a health perspective? I mean, I've got questions about that. And then, obviously, his ability to play. So... Yeah, look, got to respect someone who, you know, at uh, 31 years of age is able to fight his way into a starting role. But, um, yeah, hopefully him and DK Metcalf can uh, do something a little bit special. Lara, what's your thoughts? Do you think we're being a little bit hard on Gino? Um, Do you think he's going to surprise anyone this year? Or, (coughs) yeah, what's your thoughts on this Seattle uh, QB situation? Nope, and not many. Yeah. (laughs) Do you want to take my... No, No, I'm, I'm interested to see if he's able to throw the ball down the field and I'm interested to see if he can stick around for more than a few games, maybe. And, and his ability to evade and just, you know, you know that, that's the problem with a lot of these quarterbacks as well. Can Gino get his way out of trouble? Um, I just fear for his life, his safety, especially with a lot of the, the, the pieces in and around Seattle. Um, Riley, it looks well, like... I- really I don't really I couldn't I'm so sorry Laura to say this is going to be such a horrible thing to say but I have no interest in watching Gino Smith and I have no interest in watching Drew Locke and I have me either it's okay I don't I don't I don't either it's it's I I watched a couple of minutes of preseason and I yeah I couldn't I have quite a lot of interest in watching the offensive line they finally put in place now that Russell Wilson is gone which is astonishing to me um I have lots of interest in seeing the running backs that they're going to try and put into play. And I have lots of interest in seeing whether or not they can pull together a defense, which weirdly they haven't been able to for a while. And what about Pete Carroll uh, press conferences? I think they're going to be one to watch. Uh... No, I think he's, I think he's on, I just, I'm astonished that the, the owners, well, I mean, he's kind of basically the owner anyway, but I'm astonished that they sided with him. Yeah. I'm astonished he's still coaching. I'm astonished that this is what the Seahawks have put together. And if he, if, if this is what their season is, I just feel so awful for Seahawks fans. And I mean, yes. I don't. I don't. Because I see the light at the tunnel. I see the long-term plan. You know, we're not going to come up with a win this year. But there's Bryce. There's a lot of good quarterback talent CJ coming Stroud. up next year. Yeah. Guys, if you're going to tank, tank. And, yeah, you know, they're doing <clears throat> they're doing a very, very good job. And just keep an eye on a few other little players. They might try and move. Um yeah, there's there's a couple of there's a couple of players who I think will get a little bit nervous um, five six seven weeks into the competition when they uh, may be struggling for a victory. Riley, it looks like it's a bit of a bloodbath this way. Gino's copping some hits tonight, but uh, let's flip it over and talk about uh, his competitor tonight, uh, Jacoby Brissett. Um, again, you know, a little bit of love. He's got that background from the New England Patriots. There were the days had Tom Brady at quarterback. You know, we just sort of draft someone in the later rounds just for shits and giggles and they turn out to be great. But, you know, if you look at Jacoby at the moment, uh, six foot four, 107 kilos, you know, he's a big solid guy. Really interesting to, to see, um, you know, what is going to, I guess 
It's difficult, Riley. Let's take one step back because as much as we do want to celebrate Jacoby Brissett, am I right in saying that outside of true Browns fans, everyone's going to be, I guess, backing against the Browns this year? Yeah, look, I don't. I think they've got so many quarterbacks in that team now that it's it's kind of like what do you, what are they even going to do? They've got Rosen, they've got Brissett, they've got. I can't remember the other guy's name. And then obviously they've got Watson. Watson comes back around 11. So for the first 10 games, is it, do you put the best guy in for the team that you're versing? Do you try and roll with one guy? Brissette's coming in with, like, hasn't played since uh, Miami last well, year. That's right. Like, he was, he was the backup like, in Miami last year and then I, I really feel like he had his moment he had his opportunity at the Colts you know and you know that's where we saw his ceiling because the Colts were and have been for a period of time a quarterback away from winning a championship and Brissett obviously just wasn't able to show too much but you know I don't I don't I don't um, I'm not too sympathetic towards NFL players because obviously they own quite a lot but you know, I feel like the Cleveland Browns and Jacoby Brissett, they are going to be the most hated franchise this season for many seasons to come. And that's not even mentioned once, uh, you know, once Deshaun comes onto the scene. But, look, it's going to be really interesting to see what Jacoby does. Everyone knows what the Browns are going to do. They're going to hand the football off and they're going to try and run the football. Uh, but when the defense knows that, when everyone knows that, I think that's going to make that a little bit challenging. Um, so there we go. It's the battle of the back up starters we've gone back to the past uh, into the future um but yeah no sitting on the fence let's do a quick uh, wrap around we've got geno smith <coughs> jacoby Brissett. if you had to pick one uh times are tough <laughs> where where would you go um i'd probably go jacoby myself uh laura quickly on this one yeah i'm gonna go jacoby yeah riley to say if i had to i'd say jacoby yep there we go lara yeah, I'm going to go Jacoby, but also because the poor guy finds himself in the shittest situation. This had nothing to do with him. I'm so pissed at that bullshit 11-game suspension for Deshaun Watson and a $5 million fine. And there's, like, all these young boys screaming for Deshaun Watson. And it's like, great. This is the guy that's going to front your team? Nah. Yeah, it's bizarre. Jacoby finds himself in a really difficult situation, but I don't know, maybe he can, you know, throw out a little bit of good tape and uh, get a trade and get out of there. Uh, Cleveland's not where you want to be in season 2022, that's for sure. All right, team, let's dive into rapid fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is saying closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. All right, team, this week on Rapid Fire, it's a little bit of a team check-in uh, across the panel. We're all dying to have our little say on how our teams are feeling. Um, I'm going to start with you, Laura, because you're feeling a little bit battered and bruised off the back of that last segment. But uh, number one pick, number one pick, you know, you just got to speak it into existence. Things can turn around Joe Burrow style with just one quarterback. But uh, no, look, talk, talk to me about the um, the preseason, your thoughts on Seattle and, and how it's going for you guys. Look, I think the best thing that's happened so far this preseason is Seattle paid DK, got him locked down. Um, I think they gave him the right amount of money, the right length of contract, you know, to see what he can do over these next, um, next few years. 
I think Charles Cross has been looking great, our first round pick. I think that's definitely an exciting pick. I'm excited to see what he does once he actually, you know, has some NFL regular season game caliber um, plays happening out there. I think, you know, Tyler Lockett, nothing new to note there. That's a guy that I'm definitely keeping my eye on to make sure that he's committed, see what's coming out of his mouth, that guy normally you know, can give you a little bit of the lay of the land. So, you know, there hasn't been an awful lot coming out. I think the biggest thing really has been this quarterback situation, which is just frustrating. It is so frustrating. I'm a big Jamal Adams fan. I'm excited to see what he pulls through with. It's excited he got paid. And, you know, we had a lot of injuries in Seattle last year. We've never had depth. And that's something that's really been a struggle for us in the past that hasn't been resurrected, um, that hasn't been fixed in any way. But, with some of these guys starting to come back from injury, I'm hoping that we're going to see something a bit more positive. And I think Jordan Brooks is going to lead the defense to, to a better performance. This yeah, year. no, some, some good calls there. I was surprised they didn't get rid of uh, Metcalf. I, I felt like they could have absolutely stocked up on draft picks, but I guess you've really got to think about what all that means. I mean, mm. can you really play with a bunch of 20 year olds, you know, like Seattle have got plenty of picks. So yeah, good on them for holding, um, yeah, holding firm on that and um, sticking with him and, and paying. I think that's going to, be good for the uh, rookie quarterbacks over the next couple of years. Ah, uh, look, checking on the Patriots. I mean, we won a game, so there we go. That's uh, that's a positive. No, look, wh- where is our strength at the moment? Because there isn't too many. Uh, the lack of offense, the lack of OC, it's it's quite confusing, a little bit disturbing. But um, look, it's, sadly, it's special teams. We dominate. The New England Patriots special teams is built differently each and every year. So, look, that that is an element of um, of our football that we don't often talk about. So that was on display during the preseason, which is really, really good. And uh, we will have a pass rush. You know, clearly that's where we have invested, <coughs> rightly or wrongly. We let go JC. We're going to um, expose our back end there. But we're, we're really sort of trying to get to the quarterback. So, you know, they're probably the two takeaways for me during the preseason. Riley, Let's check in on the Chicago Bears. I hear the spirit of Alex. He'll be back next week. So you've got a little bit of pressure here to accurately reflect <laughs> what is going to be the season for the Bears. I don't even know. The Bears, like, are so excited getting Justin Fields. And then we let our best wide receiver go, which absolutely annoyed me. We let Killer Matt go to a team that doesn't need another pass rusher that good. And... I, I don't think there's a single receiver on the Bears team that's caught for more than, like, 700 yards in the season right now. Um, the only thing I have to be excited is that, that we now have another receiver who wears number 13, which is my number. Um, Johnny Knox used to have that, and he got into the year I started watching football. So I don't – I've got no idea. What about, what you know – what about Justin Fields? He's getting a little bit of cardio in the pocket because he's running for his dear life. Every, every. I mean, it's you laugh, but it's like, it's guys, come on. You know, like, is Justin Fields a good quarterback? He absolutely is. Anyone that doesn't think Justin Fields, I mean, this guy's an incredible talent. He's probably more naturally gifted than Trevor Lawrence, <laughs> but the kid just doesn't get any time in the pocket. But um, hang in there, Bears fans. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, hopefully there's some answers pretty early on the season. Lara, checking in in um, yeah, all things AFC South, um, checking in on your team there. Talk to me about it. Well, one of our defensive tackles, Roy Robertson Harris, dubbed Trevor, Law- Trevor Lawrence White Jesus, and I think that's quite funny. Um, I think 
The <laughs> offense hasn't shown much of what they're going to be in preseason. I think Doug Peterson, an actual NFL coach, which is very exciting. So helpful. So we didn't have a coach. <laughs> um, so thrilled about having an actual coach. Uh, I don't think we've seen much of the offense, what the offense is actually able to do in preseason. So I'm going to talk about the defense, which has been very exciting. So many of these players are super cool. Um, If anybody is looking for a team, come to the Jags. Our defense is looking fly. Um, Rookie picks from last year, the safety, Andre Sisko, the cornerback, um, Tyson Campbell, both looking amazing. Tyson Campbell absolutely smashed Kenny um, George Pickens from the Steelers the other night in a super acrobatic um, kind of tackle that he sort of bounced off in this one-handed thing. Uh, and we actually might have a pass, pass rush with just four um, this year. So it means that we've got actual linebackers that can do something, whereas last year we didn't have any of those things. Team so thrilled, thrilled that we have not only footballers but coaches and schemes. Look, Lara, oh, if I see the Jags have three good seasons in a row, I will consider following them on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) I will consider. um, And and what I took away from that is potentially the Jags are going to be the best team on uh, on the NFL show here at Mojo Sports. So the Jags, they're they're probably going to be gunning for the number one record, which is, it's a lot to consider. Um, Anyway, there's a few other franchises that really need to step things up. If we get seven wins this year, I am going to... (laughs) So excited. I can't even tell you. And I oh, think you'll beat us with seven wins. I, yeah. I think, I, I think oh. they're actually on track to get seven, maybe even eight. So um, well, you've got, you've <laughs> I'm got pretty Bill, excited. You've got Bill Belichick and Justin Fields nervous as well there. So anyway, we'll keep a bit of a watch on that. <laughs> Will the Jags come out with the best record um, on the panel here? It's uh, It's definitely possible. All right, team, that's all the time we have tonight. just want to thank my amazing panel, always bringing the heat as we talk all things NFL. It's getting very, very close now to the regular season. Very, very exciting. And to our listeners, we really do appreciate your support. We've been checking our numbers. They're going through the roof uh, lately. Really do appreciate that. How can you continue to support us? It's simple. Download the podcast, share with family and friends. Thank you for choosing Mojo Sports. And until next week, we'll catch you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.